You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Gastroenteritis Blues. My name is Steve Lippman. I am with Emily Cannell and Dan Volpone. Dan, I have to go to you first because you were in person at the game. What was it like? Uh, take me through because the Sixers uh, lost this game. Um, I have been at, I'm just going to do a monologue and then you. Um, I have been <laughs> at uh, brutal playoff losses for Philadelphia sports and I just hate it so much and it's really the risk of going to any playoff game because to me it's like so painful to get home afterwards because then you're on the subway I was at like uh you know after the Phillies loss and Ryan Howard looked at the third strike that was the worst um how did it feel for you uh to be there in the arena what was it like it was fun to be back you know like I had a good time being down there and seeing all the Sixers fans and getting into the game. Uh, it was a bummer that they were basically out of it so early and could never really put a real push together until it was too late. Um, yeah, that the, the game itself kind of disappointing in a lot of ways. I'm, you know, excited to go see another one. If you know, we're going to be at game five, the three of us, um, not the best game, but it was really great to be down there. I, I had a lot of fun. Um, Emily, we're hearing a lot of talk of milkshakes happening. What is your favorite kind of milkshake? Um, at a standard ice cream shop, I normally go cookies and cream. But if I have the choice of like a little bit more exotic flavors, I prefer, I really like a chocolate peanut butter banana. Mm. Um, so tonight I went with cookies and cream from Shake Shack. Mm -hmm. Love it. Um, how did you feel? I know that you were unable to devote your full attention to the game today, but how did you feel watching it? And what are your just sort of broad strokes takeaways? Um, so, yeah, I had to work today and I only got to like really watch the first half and I moped around all morning um, at my house because I couldn't watch the last half of the game. It was really pathetic. Um, but it it seemed like they the Hawks just really got off to that hot start right in the second quarter and I guess so it's not really a start but they really took off and like went on that like 17-0 streak and the Sixers didn't score a bucket for six minutes and then after that until that last push at the end it seems like they couldn't make any inroads like the game was kind of even from then there but they just couldn't make any inroads on that like 20 to 25 point lead um 
So yeah, that, that was frustrating, but it, it's kind of heartening to be like, well, if you don't let them score 17 unanswered points, you could win this game. So that would be yeah. my key to game two is don't let them win score <laughs> 17 unanswered points. So the, uh, the Sixers lost the first quarter 42 to 27. Uh, so a lot of, you know, we're going to talk about everything here. I guess we should, we haven't talked yet since Joel's diagnosis. We hung up the podcast on whatever day that was. And just a second, I am like exporting the file. It's like Joel has a small tear in his meniscus. Um, that sounds a lot worse than I guess it is because uh, tonight, for me, if there's like a big picture takeaway out, uh, you know, just in the context of this whole playoff run, it's that he didn't look like he was playing hurt to me. Like he looked basically like himself. He wasn't perfect, but like, he really didn't look like he was limping. And I just think that's really important. I'm happy that, you know, I, I never want him to risk further injury, but I hope that they're on top of it and they know that this is something that they can manage. There've been a million different doctors on the internet saying that either he definitely should play or he definitely shouldn't. I don't actually know. Um, we'll see. Dan, how did you think Joel looked uh, in person? His line, thank you again to ESPN for putting up the box score. He played 38 minutes, 12 of 21 from the field, one of three from three, 14 of 15 from the free throw line, 39 points, nine rebounds, four assists, three blocks, one steal, turned it over four times. Uh, Joel became the first player in Sixers history to score at least 39 points in under 40 minutes in a postseason game from Brian Seltzer. Uh, Dan, what did he look like up close? What was the Triple H thing like for you? Do you care at all about Triple H? What did you think of it all? Yeah, I thought it was cool. I don't know anything about wrestling. Um, but it was, you know, I've seen the support from, I guess, Jarrell's now wrestling buddies on Twitter for a while now. So uh, it was cool to have them there. And actually, you know, he was sitting courtside and he was wearing that really bright, like, Joel wrestling-themed jersey. And it was like, it had like neon like print on it. So I could see him when he would get up because it was such a bright shirt. Um, right. And, um, but back to Joel, um, you know, the three blocks I thought stood out to me defensively. I thought that it was like, it, it, if he was going to really show too much issue with that knee, it would be, you know, lateral movement in the pick and rolls, but also I think Capella is just like an athletic guy. Um, not all of his blocks were on Capella, but I, I think, you know, he had the big one when they were making that run at the end on Capella. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I thought that he just looked really good on that end. He had 39 points, which it honestly, you know, to me at least watching live, like I was aware that he was like scoring all these points, but it didn't really feel like he was scoring that much. He only made 12 shots from the field. He was 12 for 21, one for three from three, which for him is like, you know, it's fine, but he's had better games. The 14 to 15 from the foul line was, was huge. I mean, is he gets there, he makes them. Um, it's the same as it's always been, but it's, it's really, it's really a big deal and can kind of sustain the team a little bit when they have an off night and all the other ways, which they did. Unfortunately, it was just, it was so bad. The Hawks were having, they were getting so many open shots that it, it, we couldn't even hang in. But I mean, he, he was obviously very good. You know, he, 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 I was probably, you know, to take one positive away from this game because, you know, like, you know me, I'm not going to like bend over backwards to take a positive away when I can just say bad game, move on. I think, mm -hmm. you know, that's more of me. 
But the biggest positive is that Joel looked, I feel like, as good as he could have been expected to look, which is awesome. Right. It makes me feel a lot better going forward. Yeah. Uh, we should mention uh, Zainab Javed is going to be on the podcast later on, talk to us about Sixers things and also. I think uh, she's going to be on in like a minute, actually. She might be on in a minute. We don't know. Um, Emily, uh, how do you feel about Joel and the injury? And like, take me through like how you felt about it this week as everything was coming out uh, with Joel. Um, I felt pretty good about it. I mean, obviously, I don't want Joel to be hurt at all, but just the fact that uh, that he was immediately day to day and there was no like out for three games, like that made it seem like this is something he can play on. And then the more, you know, you learn, like people play on this all the time, like he's going to be in pain and I hate that he's in pain, but it it's not like a, a thing where you can't play on it, that it needs to be like rehabbed immediately. Like it, he can play on it and ha- not have it get worse and just kind of manage it and then rehab it in the off season. It's not something that you normally like surgically repair. I think you just physical therapy it and like make the, surrounding muscles stronger to support the like little tear in the ligament mm-hmm. so and he that's kind of what he said post game like I'm gonna just get as much treatment as I can and rest as much as I can and it sucks to play with it but he said he's willing to put his body on the line to win a championship and as much as I don't want anything to happen to his body that's kind of the mindset you want your guys to have to be able to like make those sacrifices to win when they have this team and it kind of seems like the windows open for them. So. Yeah. Uh, his quote after the game about how his knee feels from Kyle Lubeck, he said, it's all right. I don't know. Playing on a tour meniscus is, I guess, not easy. Just got to keep managing it and hoping for the, be- and hope for the best. Um, yeah. He did. You know, the other thing is either you re-injure it or does he look like a shell of himself and basically become like a rim runner. And it didn't, it seemed like they could use him as the focal point in the offense. They could really, you know, he was banging down low. I think those free throws are really important because if he was really physically compromised, I think he would stay in the mid range so much more than, uh, than he was able to get to the line. Um, how to talk about doc. I'm really not a blame the coach guy. Like I have never been, never was with Brett. I'm not with Doc, but it just seems like there were some very clear Doc issues today. Um, we said last round when he was going all bench that he's like, this is against the Wizards. Who gives a fuck? Let him play, you know, Sam Cassell if he wants. He played, you know, today he played the all bench unit when, they were, when they were already down like 10 or 11 or something in the, fourth, in the first quarter. And it totally got out of hand. I mean, before you knew it, it was like a 20 point deficit. Um, he just can't do that. Like the Sixers bench has a bunch of adequate players that either have it or don't. Um, but they're not good enough to just play against a real playoff team. That's actually good. And Atlanta is good and they have a star. Um, so yeah, I was disappointed in that. And I hope that he would correct it. I'm, I'm surprised that it even happened. Um, you know, and what did you guys think of the rotation overall? I mean, 11 guys ended up playing Dwight only played eight minutes. Shake only played one minute. Poor Shake. I mean, he's having a tough time. Um, tell me about what you what you thought about uh, Doc and and what you thought about his rotation today, Emily. Well, it's just so weird. Like, and we all know that like plus minus isn't a perfect stat by any means, but the fact that all of the Sixers starters were plus and all of their bench players were negative, and then it was the reverse 
for the Hawks that like all of their starters were in the minus and all their bench was in the plus. So like just looking at that, it seems like playing more starters and not all bench unit would be better. I agree with that. I'd like them to play better than worse. Uh, now we have joining us uh, Zainab Javed. J- Zainab, how are you? And tell me how you're feeling about today's game one loss to Atlanta. Hi. Um, so first of all, thank you I for being here, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Um, I love your pod. So very exciting moment for me. Um, I just got back. It was a long three-hour drive there. No, four-hour drive there because it took like an hour and a half to get to the parking lot at the Wells Fargo and then three hours back. Um, so you were at the game too? Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. So, so yeah, tell had, me how it was. I, 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 I'm like very confident in this series. Um, I think that as long as they win game two, I were going all the way. You have to lose one to win in mm-hmm. five. So um, I know I'm late here, but what did you guys, how did you guys feel about it? You know, Dan was at the game uh, along with you. And uh, I think it, it's, it's always worse to be there and see it all happening live. You know, I was sort of watching on my phone in the car off, of, off and on. I, I was able to sort of move on to game two, I think a lot more emotionally. Uh, what we were just talking about is Doc and the all bench tonight and uh, all of that. How do you feel about Doc in the context of this game and, and the rotation and all of that? I feel like Doc, so I love Doc. I feel like Doc loves Mike Scott more than I love Mike Scott. So Doc is like, I think that's true, yeah. <laughs> He's my adoptive parent. Like I'm Seth and Callie's younger sister. Um, his favorite child after Tobias, of course. Um, but I don't, I didn't really like what, I think that Danny was on Trey Young too often. Like that just kind of killed me every time Danny I think Matisse should have been there instead um because he was the only person who could catch up so that kind of threw me off um putting shake in there oh my god I just kept screaming no put him back put shake back yeah let him sit um so it was I thought we had I thought we were heading into garbage time because shake went in there Mm -hmm. so that was just a very confusing moment for me because it was emotionally confusing and being was still in there. I was hoping that they'd let him out. Um, had they, had he not gone with the all bench lineup in the beginning, I think that, or just that horrible stretch where nobody was scoring, um, they wouldn't have played as desperately as they did. So that yeah. just kind of, but the ending was fun. Like uh, we were all on our feet screaming and, Hey, Sixers and five. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't Seth leading the all bench lineup at one point? It's normally yep. Tobias. <laughs> Why was it Seth? It, that's Tobias not- had sat for a while too. We it's don't do like that tired. one. Yeah. So like it's that's not Seth something defense. we should try now. Like I don't understand. <laughs> it was like Doc was like, "Oh, you want a starter? Here's one. Here's Seth." And it's like not really the point. Um, <laughs> not the one we wanted. We like him, but not the one we wanted. <laughs> Trying to be more specific. One hey, of the good. The ones. people were clamoring. Dan, what did you think of Doc tonight or today? And, uh, and how worried are you about him uh, in this playoff series? Yeah, so I'm with you in that I'm generally not a blame the coach guy in large part because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But um, 
this was pretty clearly bad, right? Like this is a bad doc game. Um, the, 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 yeah, the, the Seth Curry and bench lineup killed um, was really bad. Um, I, I think the plus minus numbers are a bit misleading because like up until like three minutes left, it really did feel like garbage time when they were coming back. Like they cut it to like 10 and I was still like, you know, hopefully they do something. The ending did become a lot of fun. But um, I think that, you know, like Zainab said, the Sixers looked desperate and the Hawks were basically just throwing the ball around trying to run the clock. So the, the starters did get killed early too, which I think makes it even worse to have gone to like the bench lineups. Like the Hawks are hot, leave your good defenders in, try to weather it or someone who can score at least. Um, and even I thought, thought Seth was fine. He just can't play with those that group. Like that's ridiculous. Um I still think we win the series, right? Like, I don't know if I said this already on the pod or if we were just talking beforehand, but I just put a bet on the Sixers to win the series. They're now like plus 108 on FanDuel. So they're underdogs at this point, according so to what the is betting one away? I don't know what any of this shit means. What does that mean? That means if, so I, if, if you bet 100 bucks, you win 108. So they're underdogs, which I Got think it. is kind of ridiculous. I, I, I like understand this was like a pretty bad loss, but I don't see how the Hawks are now favored in the series. So, I feel good about the five dollars I have on that, but who knows? I'm terrible at this, so we'll, I not a good better. But uh, no, I, I feel I feel confident about the Sixers. I, I don't feel super confident about Doc, to be honest. I didn't coming into the season like he's done a great job all year, but just from what I heard about like Clippers fans being just so annoyed with him playing players who should who were not working, um, and not switching anything up. Uh, I'm I'm not sure how confident I am because you know. Like you said, we said throughout the whole Wizards series, like, who cares that he's playing the all-bench lineups? The Wizards suck. It doesn't matter. But the Hawks are better. And, like, he, I hope that he learned from this that, like, he can't do that, but we'll see. Yeah, no, this is, like, the first real test of that because it's, like, he sort of did whatever he wanted against the Wizards, and we were sort of charmed by it. And now things matter now, and it's, like, you know, he really can't. Uh, and listen. Like, no offense, we have Zane up here, so no offense, but, like, we really didn't think we'd see Mike last series either. Like, that was even lower than than we thought, because we thought, like, yeah, maybe the all-bench, but, like, Joel went down, like, we, like put Paul in. We love to see, we love B-ball Paul. We would have loved to see Paul. I don't really know what's going on with Doc. So I think that was my fault. I was sitting, like, <laughs> so I had asked, it, it's the Wizards, so you're able to get, like, good playoff tickets for, like, a relatively good price so we had gotten like 20 back from behind the bench and so I was screaming a lot in the first quarter like put Mike in put Mike in so that could be because of me like he probably thought you were a relative and he was like why not let's you know um I actually wanted to ask you about Mike because we had on this podcast Paul Reed he was here for like 15 20 minutes um he was nice to us you know there was PR on the call it was like a very uh, sort of professional thing. I die for him. I, I do whatever he wants me to do in life. You have like actually met and been around Mike Scott. It's like, it's no mystery to me why you're so devoted to him. So what was it like this year watching him fall out of favor with the fan base, given that you've spent time with him in real life? What was it like? Oh my God. Um, watching him get booed last game 
Yeah. Um, like hearing that and then watching him react, like just kind of shrugging, but you could tell it was kind of affecting him or at least it was affecting me. So I might be projecting that on him, but that was tough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you, you know, when you get to know somebody when they're really just one of the kindest people you've ever met. And, um, like I say that not, I know I speak in hyperbole a lot, but Mike really is a kind person. Um, he's supported us so much in the past. He's come to our event. He like took the time to take pictures with every single person, um, and talk to every single, not just take pictures with them, but talk to them. Um, he's just been a very kind person. He hosted us for bowling, uh, during the all-star game. So becoming really emotionally attached to him. So that kind of really just got to me personally. Like I, maybe he probably understands that the game is the game and fans go in and out, but to boo a person, like when you're not, I would have booed Shake Milton personally, but that's because I'm scapegoating Shake to get the attention away from Mike. Um, (laughs) But I I didn't like that. Um, I didn't think that was right. Um, He also, it's been a tough season for him. Like he hurt his knee. Um, I, I think it was just me, I'm pretty sure. And they kind of, when the COVID thing happened with protocols and um, we only had seven players who were able to suit up, they like kind of rushed him through. Um, so I feel like that affected something. He did have COVID right before the season. So sometimes I wish Doc just wouldn't play him because I just don't want to see him get food. But that kind of, yeah, I think that that, it's been a tough season, but yeah. he'll, re- he'll recover. It's been a, we've had him for a year and a half longer than I thought we would. So. Yeah. I forget who mentioned it. Somebody mentioned on Twitter that like, we should just make Mike our Udonis Haslam, which I think would be really fun. If he's just like <laughs> basically an inactive assistant coach, I think who fights people. Great. Love it. Um, I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, so we were talking about Doc. Uh, a lot of the stuff that happened in this game, I feel like was sort of fluky. Like, like Atlanta hit a million threes, which likely won't happen again. Like Sixers starters were all plus. The Atlanta starters were all minus. Atlanta won the game and was winning pretty easily. Probably uh, unlikely. What they didn't seem to have a good grasp on for a long time was how to guard Trey Young. Um, I don't really understand how they came into the game, not only with Danny on Trey, but with drop coverage as well, where it was like the big wasn't up at the point of the screen. And it just seemed like sort of crazy to me. Like, Emily, what do you think is the best way to attack guarding Trey in this series? Like taking into account the way that he draws fouls and the way that, you know, that showed up, you know, showed up against Ben. Like, what would you do to start game two in terms of guarding Trey? I mean, I definitely would put Ben on him. And then I know that he kind of can draw fouls and has had success with Adam Ben, but I don't know. I, I like make everything so simple. I'm like, just tell Ben to be aware and tell him to pay attention to it. And then it'll be fine. Right. <laughs> Which I'm, I'm aware is not how basketball works, but in my mind it is like, just tell him to do it. It's fine. Um, I would just, but like Ben said that he, he needs to take care over like guarding try and then, the whole thing I could think of in those first and second quarters was like, where is Matisse? Put Matisse in, put Matisse on Trey Young, please now, dear God. So <laughs> I would say Ben and Matisse, Matisse made some three-pointers tonight. Like, love to see that. It seems like he had a good game. I didn't get to see a ton of Matisse minutes because I think they mostly ended up in the second half. Um, but 
Yeah, I'm Ben and Matisse. Danny Green is not quick enough to guard Trey Young. He just is not. This, uh, the Ben Simmons quote from after the game, this is from Paul Hudrick. He said that he, will, he probably will guard Trey Young and that he wants that matchup. He said he hopes the refs will let him be more physical in game two. Um, Dan, what about you? What do you think the Sixers should do uh, guarding Trey? Uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like they're going to put Ben on him. That's better than what they did. So um, that sounds good to me. Um, I would consider putting Matisse on him. Uh, I think that it, it would never happen because we know who the coach is and how he gets, you know, a little bit devoted to his rotations. And fairly so, I guess. The starting lineup has been great all year. And I think Danny Green is the fourth best sixer. But in this series, I might start Matisse over him. Like if like Danny Green was two of seven from the field, oh four tonight, and couldn't hang with Trey Young, put Matisse in. He's going to stand in the corner on offense, but maybe he'll make a three. They're just going to, I mean, if they're just going to hide Trey Young on on Danny Green, just let him them hide him on Matisse. Then I mean, whatever. What's what's the difference at that point? And then have Matisse guard him up and down the floor. I'm fine with putting Ben on him. I think either is fine, but you have to go away from Danny Green. He's not quick enough. We knew this last series, right? Like Beal's quick. Beal is not big. So we put Green on Westbrook. And Ben, who I think can guard Trey Young, fine, did a good job on Beal. Like Beal's going to get his points. Trey Young's going to get his points too. But it can't come this easy. Um, and, and, you know, that was part of the reason the Hawks got so many good looks. Um, the Hawks aren't going to make this many threes again. I also think like the Sixers need to do something differently. You can't just write it off, right? Like there were open looks. They weren't just making contested shots. And a lot of that is because the Sixers couldn't stay in front of Trey Young. Um, so I, hopefully that could solve that. And yeah, I do imagine they go to Ben. I'm fine with that. Or, you know, if Ben's not on the floor, if he, you know, were to get in foul trouble and you don't want him out there, it has to be Matisse, right? I think like you're in the play. This is the time to cut down your rotation. Have one of those two on the floor. It's uh, I don't think it's super complicated, and I don't think it's a, a big ask from either of them to have one of them be on the floor at all times. Zena, what about you? I agree. Um, I think I so I want Danny. I want Danny Green's success more than anything. Like I am, he's the starter that I'm most invested in this time around, besides Joe. So mm -hmm. it. I would prefer if they, he's, he's old and not old because I'm like almost his age, but he's basketball. Like he's, sure. he's gone through, he's gone through three championships, um, plenty of finals. So he, he has some like wear going on. So I would say just, um, wait, hold. Sorry about that. I still live with my family, so everybody's running in and out. They're trying to feed me because I've been out all day. Um, but yeah, no I trades too fast. Um, even Ben, I feel like a little could be a little slow for him, like just a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I think that Ben could keep up with him better than anything, and maybe like just bringing Matisse into um, earlier minutes and more minutes could make a huge difference. Yeah, you know, I would love to see when Ben's guarding him, I'd like him to go under screen because Trey Young has never missed a floater. If he's done it, I've never seen it happen. It's ridiculous. He just, he puts it right in every time he gets around a screen. So I'd honestly rather, with Ben's wingspan and his instincts, like I'd rather take our chances on contested threes from Trey Young 
then on these plays where he gets into the sort of free throw free throw line area and finds Capella, I think that's sort of like a, a mess. So, uh, yeah. And what about hunting Trey Young? We heard a lot about this uh, during the Knicks series with the Hawks, and they weren't really able to find him on defense and like do anything to him. It seems like at all times, Atlanta's going to be able to hide Trey Young on either Danny or on Matisse. And what do you guys think is the way around that? Um, Dan, do you have any idea like how you'd like to see them attack him or if you think it's even really possible uh, in the context of this series? In general, I don't think it's going to happen often. Uh, I, I, the Sixers have too many non-dribblers that are important to them. <laughs> like I feel like it sounds like it seems so simple as a Sixers fan. Like just do it. We saw it. I feel like it killed us when we had like either Bellinelli or Redick out there, and in the in the series where we lost to Boston five a few years ago, and the Celtics basically had you know their worst ball handler on the floor at the time was I'm like maybe Horford who can mm-hmm. handle the ball. Like they they had just everyone out there could could handle um maybe uh sorry i'm getting off top but it would probably be like marcus morris anyway um they had all ball handlers on the floor so so you can really you know you're more of a threat you can get more of the mashups you want you know four switches and even when you don't switch you 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 know can still somewhat hunt the uh the, the worst defender out there and we've seen it happen to the sixers i don't really see how with trey young out there you spend too much time without two of Ben, Danny, and Matisse, right? Like their offense is going to be best when he's out there. And I think you need those guys on the floor. So, I mean, I don't, I mean, Ben is like, you know, Ben is obviously the best ball handler on the team, but, but Danny and Matisse don't really dribble and they're mostly going to be standing behind the three point line. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure how much tray hunting you can do besides if you, you know, run a lineup where you have like, Ben, Joel, Tobias, Seth, and maybe George Hill gets in. And I think in, in that case, if we see any of that, you know, that has a chance to, to take advantage of Trey a little bit. But I also think, like, he's quick enough that I don't think he's going to be, like, that much of a disaster if he's super locked in. Like, not enough to make it worth taking a good defender off the floor who can, you know, stand in the corner and hit some shots. So I, I'm not sure how much we even see of it. I, I – sort of hope they don't get too preoccupied with it like the Hawks aren't a good defensive team any anyway so like I would just run the Sixers offense as much as like I don't need like a Danny Green post up on Trey Young to make him feel bad I don't really see the the point in it really um Zaina what about you do you think that this is something they should invest more in and and you know how they might be able to go about it um no I actually have no idea (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so you might want to get me no you're fine you're right at home we very often have no idea what we're talking about I regularly say that I'm like I don't like I just said just tell them to do better that is how I was like <laughs> yeah we'll say I don't know and then here's what we think about it and then uh that's pretty much it Emily speaking of I don't know do you have any idea no great <laughs> moving on with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Um, I want to know how panicked you guys are about this. Sixers are down 0-1, um, which, uh, you know, you want to be able to win all the games at home, especially when Dan and Zayn are there. Um, how do we feel, scale of 1 to 10, panic level in terms of miss, uh, losing the series? Um, Emily, I'm going to start with you. 1 to 10, your level of panic. I'm going to say 3. I'm not very panicked. They know that we want to do gastro at game five, so they needed to lose mm-hmm. one. I would have right. preferred it to be an away game, but I think this is a good like little like kick in the kick in the butt. Like let's stop fucking around. Um, now I have to put the explicit tag on the episode, but uh, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I'm not that's all right. Worried. Steve already cursed earlier. Oh, did he? I think. I think did, yeah. I think the win, like, I don't think that the Hawks are going to shoot lights out like they did tonight. Like, that was, like, some incredible shooting percentages. Um, we've beat the Hawks handily before in the season, so um, I'm not that panicked about it, but I would really like them to win game two and kind of chill Hawks fans out. It'd be cool. Yeah, I think uh... – I would be. I would start to get worried if they lost both games at home. Then you're in a really tough spot because then you really have to, you know, win some games on the road. And I mean, Sixers were great on the road this year, but still, it's much harder, especially in the playoffs. Zainab, what would you say your panic level is at? Um, I would rate it about a three, four. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not scared of the Hawks um, at all. Um, I think like, I think the word is regression, like or going back to the mean, like everything right. just Hawks aren't going to hit that many threes. Sixers are going to look at the f- film. They're going to figure out what to do to stop getting them, letting them have those open looks. And I think that Danny Green isn't going to miss like four free throws and Seth's not going to miss or um, three pointers and Seth's not going to miss those. So I'm not afraid of that. I think my biggest fear and the thing that's going to keep me from enjoying the rest of the playoffs is just my fear for Embiid. Um, so I, this was a very long, I feel like this was a very long time to have him in the game. He looked very exhausted. Um, so I think that that might be my biggest fear factor. Like I'm not afraid of any birds. I don't, birds are dumb. Like, but I, but yeah, no, not the eagles. The eagles are, <laughs> sorry. sorry. <laughs> any birds that are hawks related are dumb. Um, there you go. From Atlanta area, but eagles are great. So I, I'm not, I'm not scared. Yeah, I would, I, personally, I, I think I'm about a three. I, I don't, I think in the end, talent generally will win out and, and the Sixers have a more talented team. We'd love for Ben to find the bottom of the net on some of these free throws. They can be a real tough watch. Um, but I thought otherwise he was really good in this game and, and like his energy kept them in it at, at one point as much as they, I guess they were in it until the end. Um, yeah, so I, I, I sort of think that it's a nice wake-up call. I think in retrospect, it'll be a fun series, um, but I'm pretty confident Sixers will be all right. Dan, what about you? Yeah, not to be really boring, but I think three is about where, where I'm at as well. Like, I, I, I really don't think they'll lose the series. I, I, I see, you know, like I can envision how the Hawks do in the series, but I really don't think it'll happen. Like, I think the Sixers are much better. I think they'll play a lot better. I, I, I know, like, 
you know, I, like I said earlier, like a lot of people want to find a way to like justify this game, not being so bad. I think this game was awful. And I really don't think it's the end of the world. Like the, you know, Tuesday is the next game. And I think the Sixers are still the better team. Uh, I agree. I think like besides the missed foul shots, Ben was like really good. I wish they put, would have put him on Trey more, but I obviously don't blame him for that. Um, he was, I think he was seven of seven from the field. And there were a few times early, like the Hawks did eventually really pull away, but like when it felt like it felt like they could have pulled away sooner. And Ben was like, you know, really just taking the ball, going down the floor and scoring, which is kind of what we always ask from him. Um, so I thought he had a nice game besides the foul shots, but three of 10 from the line is not good. And I did, I texted you guys. Um, he missed a, uh, a pair at least once. I'm thinking of one in the third quarter and Maxi missed one too. And when Maxi, when Maxi missed his pair, I felt the energy was already gone. It sucked. But when Ben missed his pair, we were kind of making a mini run and we had cut it to 15. And I was thinking like, all right, make at least one, cut it to 14. If he hits both, he gets to 13. He missed them both. And the Hawks went right down the floor and scored to get it back to 17. And it was like, Zane, tell me if you agree, like the building just lost all the energy I felt after that. Like, like I thought that was such a momentum killer. And like, I have to give him credit. He was like kind of carrying the energy for a while early, but like, it's not just two points at the line. Like it's not just two missed points. Like it, it's a killer. Like he has to make them. He has to. It, it was definitely rough. I think that there were a lot of times where people were just standing up, screaming, like yelling. And then the Sixers would just do some, like usually like a mispossession will still, people will still stay on their feet. I think the Sixers would just do things like that to miss free throws in a row where people would just sit down. Um, and so that was a lot. That was really rough. Do you guys mind if I ask a real quick question? Um, so for me, I, I have really bad eyesight. Like I could not, I had trouble. Like I left my glasses behind, but throughout the season, I probably had really bad eyesight. Um, so to me, Ben seemed like a really good free throw sh- shooter. Like he had throughout the season. Like I thought he had, to me, I had imagined like, because I saw hitting everyone that I had looked at like an 80% free throw shooter. Did, was he just not good at all? Like throughout the season, was I losing it or did he get bad for the playoffs? So he was better. He was better than he'd ever been early. Um, he, I think was like 68%. Um, uh, I want to say through the new year, maybe a little, maybe through January, which would, would have been a career high mark for him. And it's honestly like fine, especially like part of it, I, I think is maybe like, you're so used to seeing him miss, you know, like he misses a lot of foul shots. He, his, I think previous career high mark was um, still low sixties uh, if I'm correct. So uh, here, let me double check these numbers, but he was, he was very clearly shooting them better. Um, and he, he looked better. Like he had more arc on his shot. I thought. Uh, and when he, something happened, I don't know what it was, but when he, I want to say since like February or January, he's been shooting like right around 50% from the foul line. So his previous career high from the foul line was uh, 62%. It was last season. He was pushing, I think, 68. Um, and he finished the year at 61.3, which shows how bad he shot the rest of the year. He was 
not as bad as he's been in the playoffs since he's at like 33% in the playoffs. Uh, but he, I think he's like 12 for 36, but he was for a while, like solid. Like I was really happy with his foul shooting. And then um, he was like 51% after that, which is kind of weird. And, and the, what I mentioned, like, I thought his, he just looked better. He had more arc on his shot. He's been shooting line drives at the line. I don't really know why or because no one would ever tell him to do that. That's like clearly worse. I don't, I don't really understand what's happening, but no, he was having a, like his career best year at the foul line until he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Thank there, you. I, I even remember a quote from Ben where he, he had had a good free throw shooting stretch and he was like, you know, I've been working on him with Sam Cassell and, and when I'm missing, I'm knowing why I'm missing and can correct it next time. I don't know if him and Sam are in a fight, but I think they should reconnect on this subject in particular. I would appreciate it. He had a few it. weeks. He had a few weeks. I think he was over 75%, like for a few weeks in a row. Like he was really yeah. making it. Yeah. So yeah, Sam Cassell, come on. Blame him. I love that. I'll blame Sam Cassell. Why not? Um, I, uh, yeah. And are there any adjustments you guys want to see for game two, other than ones that we've talked about? Emily, does anything come to mind for you about things you'd like to see different. Personally, I know it was only one minute. Don't put shake in there. It's not because I don't love him. It's because I do love him. And it's mean to make him do that on television when he's not good at it at the moment. I think it's mean and I don't like to see it happen. Emily, what about you? Is there an adjustment uh, you'd like to see? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and besides all the adjustments, I really do kind of like I know it will never happen, but I do like Dan's idea of starting Matisse. I think that would be fun. Um, I really, I, so I don't think it's going to happen, but I would like it. Um, but yeah, just the things we've talked about, we need to stop Trey Young and don't hurt Jake's feelings. That'd be good. That's all I got. <laughs> um, Zaina, what about you? Is there an adjustment that you'd like to see for game two? Yeah, um, I'm with Emily and you, first of all, like shake it, it just, we can, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna, not gonna say anything. If I speak, I'll be in big trouble. So um, <laughs> I, I, I think, um, yeah, starting Matisse, like killing their momentum early and not letting them get those, all those shots in, getting hot. Um, I think even if we don't have, um, even if we're missing one of the two, like the three-point shooters, um, Danny or um, Seth, I think that that still, Trey was a bigger problem than our offense, or even even if our offense was making it, I think that Trey was hotter. So um, yeah. just kind of killing that momentum is what I'd like to see the most. So I'm with Emily. For sure. What about you, Dan? Yeah, so here's a quote from Jackson Frank on Twitter. And this is, well, it's not what he said, but that he tweeted the quote from Ben Simmons. Uh, we waited too long was about the Sixers issues today. I don't really know what that means. Like, I guess they play better later. I'd like him to not wait too long in game two. And I think that mm. would help. That's my that's adjustment. Don't wait so long. What, what were you waiting so for? What was the, the why, why were you waiting at all? You, once the game starts, you don't have to wait. Games are one. Get out there. Yeah, you know? that's, that's what it's I think. Team. I never wait too long. I always watch every fucking second. It's a nightmare. I should have been a lawyer. Dan, do you want to, you have a next thing? Oh, yeah. Well, I guess I'll just open up the floor a little bit for Zaina because she has a very 
exciting announcement um, that I fully endorse here. So let's and let's this hear. This is an exclusive, right? This is an exclusive. Never heard it before, right? Here. I guess so. Maybe a lot of people know. A lot of people do know, but this is like an exclusive announcement. We haven't, right. uh, there's no official announcement that's gone up yet, but we're having, we're having another tailgate. So um, super excited for that. We're having another Mike Scott Hive tailgate. Um, sorry, people, you're going to just have to love the Hive um, with Mike Scott, but it's going to be a good time. We're trying to do a viewing party as well. So just getting people together. Um what we're aiming for right now, because the schedule is so fluid, we don't really have the round three schedule. So I am going to say this is planned for the Eastern Conference Finals, which we are going to make. Mm -hmm. um, so we're aiming for the first weekend home game of the ECF. And so I think that that'll be a great time. I know that, Dan, if you want to talk about your experiences at the last like tailgate, but it's just a really nice place for all of Sixers Twitter to get together and I really think that we do deserve a night where we're celebrating this team um, I know that a lot of us are not going to go be able to go into the playoffs together or watch the playoffs like we're usually doing that separately and with our friends um, but this is just a great I think will be a great opportunity for us just to be together and be excited for this team so Dan if you want to like tell a bit more about your experience I think that might be yeah I mean I think that you know, if you're listening and you're interested, you know, you should come. I think it's a, it's, it's a, it's a great time. I is, so I love this kind of thing in general before I get like too specific about like why I enjoyed the last one, but like, I like any event where it's just like, Oh, you're a Sixers fan. You're invited, like come hang with us. It's a great opportunity to meet new people. I think like our fan base is basically constantly fighting about something stupid all the time. And I think it's really nice, you know, that you know you put all this effort into organizing these events i said the same thing about mike and spike organizing the lottery parties i think any event like that where we all get to get together is great i've i actually met emily for the first time at one of the lottery parties um no second time that's a lie anyway um the uh but i've met you know i met a few people at the first tailgate and you know or not even people who like I met some people who I didn't even know. And then some people who I had like interacted with on the internet, but had never actually met, I got to meet in person. So that was very cool. It was a great time. There was, you know, music and games and food and drinks and, you know, lots of Sixers gear. And I got one of my favorite hats that I wore to the game today. So uh, just, I, I very highly recommend it. It's a great time. I will be there uh, and, you know, we can hang out if you want to come, come say hi to me. So I, I, I just think everybody should go. I think it's a great thing and it'll be a lot of fun. We're all going to watch the game together and it'll be great. Dan actually got his ass beat by a kid during, so we had a musical chairs competition at the last. Oh tournament. my God. Um, hey, I was like so top four. Incredible. I was like top four. <laughs> I think you were the final three and then nobody could elbow a kid. So like I was hoping for blood and gore, but then we had children participate. So <laughs> there was just no, um, there couldn't be any competition at the end, but Dan did get really close to that championship trophy. So did the kid ultimately win? The kid won. Oh, so I, I felt bad. So I actually gave up my seat for the kid. I was like, I don't want to kick the last kid out. So I was just like, here, come take my seat. And then the wow. kid ended up, <laughs> the kid ended up winning and, uh, it was, I thought it was, I thought it was cute. 
But yeah, he, I remember in the final, it was like the kid and one like adult man and the kid was like running and like grabbing the chair and running in circles. So the, the, it would always be facing him. I thought it was very funny. <laughs> It, it was a really good time. We have um, we have a trophy from last year that we were supposed to use in 2020. So I'm going to use a Sharpie to write 2021. But <laughs> if you're um, excited about competition and want to get into that, definitely come to the event. So we're um, super excited. I think um, one of our friends is going to DJ. So we'll have some a lot of Here Come the Sixers playing. And so it should be dance helping coordinate. So this event is just not possible without like 20 different people coordinating. Like last time we had um, Layla Murphy and Coast ran um, the entertainment. Uh, they made it such a good time. Um, uh, Rochelle um, handled all of the decorations, the venues. She's the one who toured everything um, like bullies at Xfinity and Lochi and coordinated um, with um just kind of warning the wells fargo center that we're doing this so it really it's just only possible with so many people helping so dan i'm really excited that dan's going to be helping dan and andrea so this is going to be a good time and i do have to say like what what about this sounds like something that you wouldn't go to right like if, if you're listening to this what like every part of this sounds very appealing so you should come and, you know, you can always bring a friend if, if you don't want to go alone, you know, make them come. It's going to be a very, very good time. I mean, what like food, drink, music, games, watching the Sixers with other Sixers fans. Like, what is not fun about that? You got to come. You got to come. Also, we have name tags. So we always do name tags. I know it's obnoxious, but we have people put their handles on it so that even if you do come alone, it's a great way to recognize people that you might know or, um, you know, follow new people. That, uh, that is great. You know, the community is the only reason we do it. Obviously, we do this for the money, but uh, the only reason that we take <laughs> exactly. part in the whole fandom thing, it's only for the community of it. So I think that's really cool. I'm an old loser, but there's no reserving anything, right? You just go if you want to go, right? You don't, it's not on resi, right? What am I doing? Just bring bring a snack or something, you know. Bring bring a, snack. bring, yeah. bring a bag of chips or like uh, like some drinks, whatever, and then just show up. All right, good. Well, that's very exciting, and I guess people can just follow you and keep an eye on that to know exactly when uh, this will be. Is there a specific lot that this happens in, or that's all TBD? We had lot G last time, which was a lot mm -hmm. of fun. Um, it was like we had a good grassy area that time. We had the Red Bull MXT truck come out, um, and we set up cornhole. So it was a very grassy, nice area. So I think we're trying to aim for that again. So we um, will probably need volunteers to help like um, kind of take over the parking lot area early, but that should be, um, that's where we're aiming for. Great. Um, well, that's awesome. That sounds really So, uh, So follow Zainab so you can get the updates. Follow yeah. her on Twitter. Yes. Um, and uh, a couple things we should just mention uh, to get it out there, Daryl Mori, uh, openly tampering on Twitter, hilarious shit that he does. <laughs> uh, Daryl, uh, he posted a uh, screenshot of a Stephen Curry Instagram about Seth playing well, and Daryl literally says, join him. And then after that was sort of like clutching his pearls at how people thought that was tampering. I don't really understand the other interpretation of it. It sounds just like tampering. I think he was saying like, join, join Steph. 
everyone and cheering for Seth. Like everyone <laughs> should join him. <laughs> Who talks like that? That's obviously not what he meant, you know? Like, like he was they trying to say that that's what he meant. No, he wasn't. I loved it so much. He's just not afraid of Adam Silver. He's just, he'll just stare him in the face and be like, I'm going to tamper. What are you going to do about it? Good. Incredible. Trigger fingers. Um, yeah. It accidentally caused a global, um, global, yeah. global I mean, diplomacy issue. Beauty and... Steph Curry is fucking nothing to this guy. I mean, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> um uh oh dame lillard might be on the trade market you know sixers are in a playoff run there's no reason to talk about this yet but just to have it on record that would be very fun he's great uh, i love him um Agreed. i want to bring up a real loser thing this is from bradley beal after the sixers won that series um <laughs> this is a quote he said i still strongly believe in my heart that we could have taken them to seven I want you to remember when Donovan Mitchell, after the game the Sixers played the Jazz, said, in my opinion, we won that game, but they lost that game. Emily, do you have any thoughts on this sort of uh, behavior? Um, as I've already called out the Wizards multiple times for being a loser organization and doing loser things, it's, I'm not new to uh, to that, so yeah. It's kind of the same thing. I do love Brad Beal, so like I don't want to like put him in the loser category, but like that doesn't make sense. If you could have won, you would have won. So you can't, and it's over. Enjoy Mexico or wherever you're going on your beautiful tropical vacation. <laughs> like yeah. Um, Dan, did you want to get to the the poll before we get out of here? I do. Real quick though, can I just say he didn't even say that in his heart he felt like they could have won the series. He yeah, just felt he they could have taken seven. Which I think is just, that's just great. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about this poll. You actually sent it to me first. And a lot of people were mad about it. We weren't mad about it. A lot of people we know weren't mad about it. Um, I think a lot of the issue with it was wording. Um, but so this poll is from Spike Eskin on Twitter. Um, he said, if you could guarantee the following option, would you take it? Embiid does not play out of caution, is fine for next year. Sixers losing six to Hawks, but in return are guaranteed to receive Damian Lillard for Ben Simmons in the offseason. So the poll was 47% yes, 53% no. Um, the no's were very mad, and I kind of get why. So we talked about this. Um, I think the phrasing was bad. Um, and you know, we talked about this, like people are always going to be mad at Spike, especially when he talks about Ben and is trying to trade Ben, which I also get, right? Like, I understand that. Um, but I think the issue here is the phrasing kind of implies that the Sixers are like not really trying to win the series or that, or that, and to me, like, I look at it and I think like these events are not related. So he's not saying you try to lose the series. Maybe he is. I don't think he is saying you try to lose the series and then make this trade, right? I think he's saying like, coincidentally, you know, and maybe Embiid shouldn't be playing and they happen to lose. And then you make this trade, which in my opinion is not really the worst outcome. Like, I, I think that's probably a pretty decent outcome in the long run to be able to get Damian Lillard. I understand why people were mad about it, but I like, especially during a playoff run, like can't even make the trade now anyway. But I do kind of look at it like 
that's and, and I know you agreed, but you can you know expand on it a little. But like, I don't think that's that bad. Like, like you're kind of weighing, you know, the jump you think you would get in your chance to win next year versus what you think your chance is to win this year. Um, I mean, with with Harden being hurt, I think our chances got a lot better after the poll was tweeted. But I don't think it's that out there. Like, I I, I don't think it's that bad of a tweet to be honest. Well, I would say not only that, but we hadn't seen Joel play yet and didn't know the status of his body, I right, guess. So, you know, it's a thought experiment, but I think that, you know, people don't see these things in a vacuum. So they have a have a different opinion of Spike than they do of just a random person putting that on Twitter. Um, it didn't bother me. I thought it was a totally fair sort of thought experiment. But again, not one that a lot of fans want to entertain during a playoff run. Emily, I saw a straw situation. Did the milkshake, to close the loop, did the milkshake get there and how is it? Um, the milkshake got here. Love it. Um, did we actually talk about, oh, we did talk about the milkshake. The milkshake's here. Um, <laughs> so are the fries and the Shake Shack burger. Luna is here waiting to receive fries at some point. Wow. Um, so we really got all going on over here. Great. Do you have any thoughts on this poll or, or are we good? Um, I don't have any thoughts except I would have voted I guess no in it. Love it. Zainab, yeah. uh, anything on that poll specifically from you? Um, first of all, I Shake Shack is great, but for the playoffs, mm -hmm. I've just been boycotting anything with the shake. Um, so, <laughs> but Shake Shack is the best. Um, yeah, no, I have zero, um, zero feelings on that poll just because um, I there's been a lot of like arguments on Twitter about resting Embiid or for the rest of the season um, playoffs versus not. And people are getting really mad at each other and nobody really, like you said, no status of what is even going on. So um, I, I think it's just a lot of, I, I, I agree with Dan with the freezing thing. Yeah. So. Um, I, I think that's it for us uh, on Monday when this comes out. Uh, Bachelorette is back. Good luck to everybody out there. Um, you know, good friends of ours. Dan, do you, what did you have? What you, oh, I, well, I just thought you were going to miss that point because I really want to hear Emily's thoughts. How could I? I really want to hear Emily's thoughts on the upcoming season because she is she is the Bachelor franchise expert. And, you know, mm, we'll all be watching, now, but I, I would love to hear about, like, I know because Chris won't be there, it's going to be, I think Taisha and another former um, mm -hmm. lead, right? So like, who is that? What do I need to know about her? And like, how's this gonna work? I don't really know how it's gonna work. Um, it's Taisha and Caitlin. We're big Taisha fans on this podcast. Um, Katie is the Bachelorette. I'm kind of going in blind. I haven't really like read the bios or anything. So I don't have like any early standouts. Um, I've heard good things about it. We really liked Katie on the last season we were big katie fans so i'm excited to watch um and yeah so it's on if anyone wants to talk to us about the bachelorette we like to tweet about it too so it'll be fun i think a good way to make the people who listen to this podcast mad is to spend a good 20 minutes during the playoffs 
breaking down episodes of The Bachelorette. I think we should just do our locker room on The Bachelorette. Like we'll just do it Tuesday morning, and they'll think it's a preview, but it's really just a recap of The Bachelorette. Right. No, but we should title the room like Sixers Game Two Preview, but just be talking about like was Katie in a bad mood in the first ten minutes? Like, do what hate it. Um, That'd be great. Dana, I'd do, love, do you, I would love do you, it. Do you watch the Bachelor Bachelorette franchise at all? No, I used to, but I um kind of stopped watching it just because I've just stopped watching TV altogether. You we... got a life. That's okay. <laughs> no, it, Sixers are such reality TV that it True. takes up a lot of my mind space. Um, so I just haven't been able to watch a lot of TV. So that is the future. Um, I hope Tisha was really cool. So. Yeah. She seemed, yeah, she seemed very cool, and her fiance was a nice dude. So, yes, he's a good guy. Um, Zainab, thank you so much for doing this, for being with us. Um, is, what can we get there, get out there about you? Where can people follow you? I know you do great art, so can people commission you for that? How do we send people to you uh, in the future? Um, yeah, just um, I'm on Twitter. Um, so Z-R-J-A-V-E-D, that's um, my at, that's my at on everything. Um, Venmo, if you're really getting great. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm hey, kidding. Why not? Uh, but yeah, why not? Um, feel free to like, just want to let everybody know, like my DMs are always open here to just talk to anybody whenever they feel like talking, um, just really like meeting new people. So I'm really like, I love you guys so much. So I'm just so happy you guys had me on. We love you. Thank you for doing this. Um, great seeing everybody. Dan and Emily, is there anything else that you guys have to say uh, until we talk again? Uh, middle of the week, we'll do a, a locker room that uh, is going to be about the bachelorette. What do, you, what do you guys think? Anything else from either of you guys? Um, no. Could be 1-1 one, one the- by then. Yeah, I'm going to game two. So I'll be there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, hopefully seeing Embiid for the first time this year, God willing. And how many games yeah. have you been to this year without seeing him? Like four. Wow. That's oh. awful. That's oh, wow. awful. Yeah. I, it's been hard. <laughs> Three or, Yeah. Maybe four. I don't know. I did get on TV. So small win. Mm-hmm. That was um, cool. Yeah. But yeah. And then game five, which is now guaranteed. We, are going to be there together, the four of us. Mm-hmm. Well, four of us, including Jordy. Sorry, he's not here. Um, but me and Steve and Dan, that's what Dan's present is for uh, winning who's the starting center for the Sixers, mm-hmm. is that the four of us are going to game five. So. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. So I'll see you guys there. Oh, are you going? Awesome. Yeah. Um, so I'll we'll be driving up. up for that too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, great. So we'll, yeah, we'll meet up and have fun and have gastro game five. So if anyone else is going to game five, I don't know, tweet at us, say hi, it'll be fun. Let us know. Um, and go to the tailgate, not for game go five. To the, but go for, to the eventual tailgate. Yes. Um, yes, that'll be really fun. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, Sixers rebound, hopefully on Tuesday. And we'll talk to you after that, probably on Wednesday. Um, thank you again, Zainab, for, for doing this. Great to meet you, you this way. Um, and yeah, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back soon. Enjoy the rest of your milkshake. Emily, hello to Luna. Dan, love you, pal. Good night, everyone. Love oh, you. Good night. Thank you. I don't know how to close them. I talk for a fucking half. <laughs> Our closes are always like six minutes. So bad. And then Steve just turns the off the recording. <laughs> <laughs>
And yeah. the, the media. Yeah, like we don't talk like after. We don't chat after.